0: y'all come on in
1: take your shoes off sit on down you're listening to in the corner back by the wood pile i'm Spun counter guy thanks for stopping by Our good friend Peter Horse is back to help us understand China and some of the events and people that got it up to this point in history. Our conversations were recorded over several months, so we jump around time-wise, so you know. First up, we're going to talk about the writer and human rights activist Liu Xiaobo, who wrote these words. I hope I'm not the type of person who, standing in the doorway to hell, strikes a heroic pose and then starts frowning in indecision. So we'll call him Mr. Liu, in case the Da Ardza are listening. Big brother listening, yeah. So uh, we should say that when we're recording this, Mr. Leo died a few weeks ago. He was involved in the Tiananmen Square incident, and Uh he was a writer and a poet, and Uh he got himself in trouble with the, Uh the government. And he won the Nobel Peace Prize, but he was in prison, and the government, the CCP would not allow him to go. So they had an empty chair for him at the Nobel Awards. In prison, he got cancer, and they wouldn't let him out to get treatment. And finally, at the very end, they let him go home, but they wouldn't let him go to a good doctor, and so he he died. I have to say, usually when famous people die, it doesn't affect me, usually. But with Mr. Leo, I really loved his writings. There was something about him. I never met the person, but... Uh, There's something very enduring about him, very Christ-like, I would say. Ten years ago this day, dawn, a bloody shirt, sun, a torn calendar, all eyes upon this single page, the world, a single outraged stare, time tolerates no naivete, the dead rage and howl until the earth's throat grows hoarse. When the peasant Liu Bang became Han Gaozu, founder of a dynasty, he invented a tale about his mother and a dragon to inflate his family history. The ancient pattern continues. From the Ming tombs to the memorial hall, butchers lie in state. In resplendent underground palaces across millennia, tyrants and autocrats exchange tips on dagger technique while their entombed vassals offer offence. Refuse to eat, refuse to masturbate, pick a book out of the ruins, and admire the humility of the corpse. In a mosquito's innards, dreaming blood dart dreams, peer through the steel door's peephole, and converse with vampires. No need to be circumspect. Your stomach spasms will give you the courage of the dying, wretch out a curse. For 50 years of glory, there has never been a new China, only a party.
0: It's Versa 1. That thing is about his own story his own experience it's very sad another thing if you talk about Mr. Liu in China, no one knows him
1: yeah so how do you know about him?
0: When was a student I think website something about him so I search his name on internet I found his stories mm. and I think he's very brave and very wise, very brief man. In 1989, before June 4th, he was in America, in Columbia University, to visit Columbia University as a scholar. And he stayed there for some months. But during his visiting in Columbia University, China has a big crisis in June 4th. So he decided to come back. Actually, on that day, he encouraged the students to leave the square, and he saved 20-some students' alive. So
1: he got them to leave before the trouble began? Right. I see. No matter how strenuously, Western intellectuals try to negate colonial expansionism and the white man's sense of superiority. When faced with other nations, Westerners cannot help feeling superior. Even when criticizing themselves, they become besotted with their own courage and sincerity.
0: In 2008, uh, he made a group to develop the Chapter 8 He wants to develop another kind of party in China.
1: Another political party. Yeah. That is either brave or stupid because there's only one political party in China (laughs) forever.
0: It's true.
1: (laughs) But I think it's more brave.
0: Yeah, so he was arrested. In 2008, that's a Chinese uh, Beijing Olympic Games, and he was put in jail, and his wife, even though his wife did not put in jail, but kind of controlled by the policeman.
1: She was in house arrest?
0: Right, house arrest. And her name is Liu Xia, and uh, so she has no freedom, even though she's outside. And she is a artist, and I think she got through a lot of difficult things. Mm-hmm. I heard about that, she got a depression, mm-hmm. mental disease.
1: Mr. Leo is a little bit famous for some photographs that show him with a little doll. His wife made the dolls, right? Right. So, what do the dolls represent?
0: The dolls represent her husband. So she made yeah. dolls of him. While he was in prison.
1: What one can bear? You said to me I can bear anything. With stubborn eyes you faced the sun until blindness became a ball of flame and the flame turned the sea into salt. Beloved, let me ask you through the dark before you go to your grave. Remember to write me a letter with your ashes. Remember to leave me your address in the netherworld. Your bone shards will lacerate the page so you cannot complete a single word. The shattered brushstrokes will pierce your heart and the scorching heat of your insomnia will surprise you. A stone that has borne the weight of the world is hard enough to break my skull. The white lozenges formed from my brains will poison our love, and our poisoned love will poison ourselves.
0: Two weeks ago, during his death on the internet, we cannot uh, tap the Chinese character and English character for his name. My friend Robert told me that he was listening a news about him and uh know Malala uh-huh. human rights activist. I think she from Pakistan or somewhere and she made a speech to praise him, to support him, but during her speech it was stopped quickly.
1: It is no longer possible, as it once was, for a single great dictator to block the entire Chinese sky. The sky now bears a distinct pattern of two shades, darkness and light, and both are always present. The relation between rulers and ruled is no longer one in which the people are held in regimented silence except when permitted, on cue to shout, Long live somebody! Today the ossified language of the regime and the people's rising awareness of their rights exist side by side, oppression from authorities above, and resistance from the people below also exists side by side. The political system remains autocratic, but people in society are no longer ignorant. Officials are as tyrannical as ever, but a rights defense movement is having effects in many places. The regime can still send a person to prison for what he or she writes, but the chilling effect on other writers is much less than it was before. The regime's enemy mentality is quite the same as before, but it no longer has the effect of turning politically sensitive people into isolated figures whom the rest of society shuns like lepers.
0: When he was in jail, he had some books to read. Some of his Christian friends had then posted some books to him. Uh, about religion, Christianity. Yeah, he wrote something about that. He wrote some of his thoughts in the jail about Jesus Christ. How can people who lack a
1: sense of original sin ever hear the voice of God? From the early Middle Ages, when God was a being of reason, To the late Middle Ages, when God was a figure of power to modern times, when God became even more profoundly subjected to reason, and finally to today's world, where God has gradually become secularized, human civilization has been in descent. By its own hand, humanity in the West has killed the sacred values of its heart. step we talk about a friend that peter made not so long ago you said that you made a, a friend who's also a christian he's taiwanese chinese and he had left taiwan he had been in the was it the music industry or movies
0: music hard music
1: like rock like rock he left you said that industry yeah. I, I get and he was successful right
0: yeah his parents is is very wealthy his family has some factories he Born in Taiwan, and then he uh, went to Hong Kong for primary school, and then went to Shanghai for middle school and high school. After graduate from high school, he went to America to study music in Boston. After graduate from university, he was an actor to make movies. And during his actor career, he made a lot of bad friends every day teach him to do betray his conscience. Following Jesus just changed his life. So when he knew Jesus more, he can't did it that again. So he just quit it.
1: So he walked away from a career.
0: Right. He think the people just around him is kind of crazy.
1: Right. I, I would assume that it's much like Hollywood where Drugs, sex. A lot of people are trying to be happy, but by the wrong ways, I guess. Right,
0: yeah. and uh, he also told me that uh, after his quitting his career, he used some years just to clean himself, to clean his heart. Yeah, he came to Shanghai to help his parents to manage their factories.
1: Now we talk about the writer Lin Yutang, who wrote, And so it happened that my second sister and I went with our family on the same junk down the West River, she to her wedding at the hamlet called Mountain Town, and I, presumably, on my way to my first year of college at Shanghai. I was 16. After the wedding was over, my sister took 40 cents from the pocket of her bridal dress and gave it to me. She said at parting, with tears in her eyes, You have a chance to go to college. Your sister, being a girl, can't. Do not abuse your opportunity. Make up your mind to be a good man, a useful man, and a famous man. That was all a part of the idealistic mold of the family. My sister died of bubonic plague two years later, but these words are still ringing in my ears. I tell these things because they have so much to do with the influences that shape a man's moral being. What is trying to be a Christian but trying to be a good man, a useful man, as my sister told me? All the knowledge of laws and the prophets and all the learning of the scribes are as nothing in the sight of God to a humble, simple man struggling to find the best in himself, to stumble, perhaps, and pick himself up again. This is the teaching of Christ in all its uncomplicated simplicity. I still think of myself as that boy wallowing in the mud to revenge myself upon my sister. And I believe God must have loved me even for that. The incredible thing about Jesus, the unique thing about him, is that the publicans and the harlots felt closer to him than all the doctors of philosophy and the learned scribes of his day who would not allow a man to raise a fallen calf on the Sabbath. He
0: has a very, very influence writer. About Chinese culture, Chinese history, Chinese people, Chinese philosophy, especially Chinese traditional culture.
1: About um, what years was he active?
0: Especially from 1930s to 1950s, I think. I know he loves he loves Laozi, he loves Zhuangzi. He wrote some books about lot and Zhuangzi, and uh, also he wrote a very good book about Chinese characters named uh, "Wu Guo Yu Wu Ming." My country and my Chinese. Yeah, that's a very, very good book. In university, I read that book. That book is very deep. Through that book, I knew Chinese deeper and better. People's personalities better, I think.
1: Can you give an example of maybe something you learned from him?
0: I think before that time, before I was a student, I was very simple to Chinese culture to Chinese personalities, Chinese people's personalities.
1: It will have yet to be seen whether Europe and America, in dealing with the Chinese problem, will adopt Goethe's conception of civilization or that of the German political person who, with his steamroller, wants to make Jesus Christ a carnivorous animal. The true Christian is one who is a Christian Christian because it is his nature to be so, because he loves holiness and all that is lovable in Christianity. That is the true Christian. The sneak Christian is the one who wants to be a Christian because he is afraid of hellfire. The cad Christian is one who wants to be a Christian because he wishes to go to heaven to drink tea and and sing hymns with the angels. Now the true Jesuit is one who does not very much believe in heaven, angels, or hellfire, but he wants other people to believe in these things, to be a Christian for his benefit. That is the Jesuit. Now in his life, was he a Christian and then he was not a Christian and then he was a Christian again? Is that what happened?
0: Uh, he born and raised in a pastor's family. His daddy was a pastor, was a preacher. I think in Fuzhou City in the south part of China and he has many sisters and brothers. In his time, his father is a guy who thinks very developed. I mean, much advances than ordinary Chinese. So his father, when he was young, when he graduated after middle school, his father sold one apartment of his family to support him to go to Shanghai for university studying. And that university named St. John University was built by preachers, by pastors Mm -hmm. from... USA. So
1: it was a Christian university?
0: Yeah, Christian University. At that time, St. John University in China has a great reputation. Everybody wants to go to that university for a study because it's very good reputation, especially for the people who are wealthy and who are faithful to God. And also, hey, in that university, hey, addicted to English, so most of his time he wrote in English. One of his regrets, he said he didn't research the Chinese culture or Chinese old books or literature.
1: So he knew more about Western culture than... Right, right, right.
0: Uh. Yeah, because of the university's background, education background. And
1: yet he wrote so many books about Chinese culture. Right. So did he... Stop becoming a Christian in university?
0: In university, actually in first or two years he wants to study theology very much. Uh, but when he attended some classes of theology, he thinks it's boring. Mm. So he quit it. But he turned his direction to other big subjects. Mm. Later he researched a lot about Chinese traditional culture, especially uh, Laozi, Zhuangzi, and uh, Confucius, and Jesus this is, uh, When he became older, he go back to Jesus.
1: So now you recently read one of his books.
0: Yeah, the book's name is from Heretic to Christian. In first part, he talked about his education experience, and uh, he talked about uh, When he was young, how his father preaching, how his father prayed when his father stayed alone. And then how he studied Confucius, Laozi, Zhuangzi, and and Buddha. In the final part, he talked about Jesus. He he compared with them.
1: So when he compared Jesus and Laozi and Kongzi and Fuangzi, what did he say? Do you remember anything that was interesting?
0: Uh, first I need to say, among Chinese Christians, even though this guy is a great influence to Chinese literature and Chinese traditional culture, but uh, his Christianity background among Chinese Christians right now, not very popular mm-hmm. and people I think he never talked about that. Why do you um, think that is? Actually, before reading read the book, I think about that. I guess because of his belief. It's very liberal, I think. I think, I guess. But when I read this book, and uh, first this book, it's very, very philosophical. very hard to read it, I think. <laughs> and ah. also this book, analysis Chinese traditional culture, Confucius, Taoism, Buddhism, and then talk about the wisdom of Christ. Mm. and the uh, transcendency of Jesus' virtue. And so he talk about Jesus most use the similar way with the Buddha Laozi and Zhuangzi and Confucius. So he described Jesus Christ most used human nature's way. Um. Do you know what I mean?
1: Uh,
0: he very seldom to talk about uh, Jesus Christ's redemption or salvation mm how God loved people and then send his son to people. I think that's that's very easy to forget the why we love how God loved people first and then teach us how to love to each other. Yeah, I think that's one reason his book is not popular among Chinese Christians, I think.
1: Chinese abstract ideas following the law of Chinese concrete thinking are often composites of two concrete qualities, thus big-small stands for size, long-short stands for length, and light-heavy for weight. What is still more inexplicable is that the ordinary word for thing is east-west, Dongxi. Strictly philosophic concepts, right, justice, loyalty, interest, are cryptic monosyllables which tend constantly to resemble one another. The separation of the heart and the head becomes impossible when Chinese avow that they think with their stomachs. In my belly I think, sometimes. In my heart I think. The word xin means both the heart and the mind at the same time. Wherefore, the Chinese are so emotional in their thinking, the biblical word bowels comes nearest to it. Oliver Cromwell in his letter to the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland in 1650 says, I beseech you in the bowels of Christ consider that ye may be mistaken." Unquote. In Chinese thinking therefore, having a few abstractions or none, one never leaves the periphery of life. There's no danger of being submerged in the process of abstract ratiocinations too long. One is like a whale which must come up to the surface to breathe the free air, incidentally taking a look at the clouds in the sky. One result of such thinking is the absence of academic jargon in Chinese philosophy, of the specialist's code of communication, and the absence of a division between the popular knowledge and the scientific knowledge. It was never a shame to write about philosophy in a language which the common people could understand. The Chinese academics did not look upon the mainstreamers of knowledge with contempt. It may be true that Plato wrote two versions of his philosophy, one technical and the other popular and that the technical version, fortunately, did not survive, so that the modern reader may enjoy the clarity of Plato's dialogues. If Western philosophers could use the English language with the ease and clarity of Plato, philosophy might yet win a place in the common man's thinking, which it decidedly has not. I suspect that if they were to write clearly, they would reveal that they haven't anything to say. You read this book did you underline anything or was there anything like a good quote or, or some good thoughts in this book that you want to share
0: the first sentence i i quote from this book uh, he thinks it's very difficult for american to real understand chinese culture because american usually tolerance simple but not deep oh. and uh, british Cannot understand Chinese culture well because British usually deep simple, but not tolerance. Hmm. the Germans cannot really understand Chinese culture well because Germans usually deep tolerance but not simple. so he thinks if Americans study Chinese culture, the American will be. Become deeper, yeah. British will get the tolerance, and Germans will get this simple heart.
1: So, Chinese fixes everything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he said he supports Darwin and Darwinism like the modern people, and he thinks the Pope also believe the biology, evolution, and he thinks they. Continual creation procedure is still going on.
1: So he thinks it's a mixture of creationism and evolution?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: Are there many Chinese theologians?
0: I, actually not. Hmm. I think not too many.
1: In your opinion, would Li Yuntang be considered a, a theologian or more just a historian or...
0: Historian and a writer.
1: Okay. Social peace and order or social chaos can only come from the individual members who compose that society. Incidentally, in this connection I may mention that Confucius and Karl Marx took exactly opposite points of view. Confucius believed that social reforms without personal reform were superficial. Marx that social environment determined men's moral behavior and that utopias were to be brought about by changes in material environment. The course of events in Soviet history in the past 40 years has proved how disastrous the latter's assumptions are. Soviet history has been largely determined, in spite of ideological dress-up, by the same human ambitions and greed for power, and jealousies, and ruthlessness as elsewhere among the leaders, and the personal and very human struggle for comfort and privilege, at the expense of equality among the ruling oligarchy. In other words, human nature is still the same, whether man lives in a socialist or capitalistic state. Utopias, where everybody loves and trusts everybody else, do not come that easy. So, Lin Yutang, he also tried to invent something.
0: Well I learned that Lin Yutang Invent a uh, typewriter. I got a big surprise because in China, for writers or for poets, or for uh, the scholars who can produce something, it's almost impossible. But for Lin Yitang, he, another famous thing for him. He invent typewriter.
1: So what you're saying is. It's rare for a writer, artistic person, to also be mechanical.
0: Right. It's very rare in China. It's almost unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's rare anywhere. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. It's true. um,
1: Well, for folks who don't understand the written Chinese language, with English, to make a typewriter is difficult enough, with 26 letters and some other symbols. But Chinese... They say just to read the newspaper, you have to learn 5,000 characters. So can you explain how he made a Chinese typewriter?
0: Yeah, sure. You know, Lin Yutang is good at language. Mm -hmm. He can use English very well to write articles, and he's very good at it. But also, he used Chinese to write. He used to use an English typewriter, Mm -hmm. uh, but there's no Chinese typewriter. So he thinks, uh, why not to develop one? So he decided to develop one. But at that time, he has no enough money. He has no assistance. But so he tried to make it by himself and his daughter.
1: So he was successful.
0: Yeah. He was successful, but I heard about that he spent too much money on it. So after he succeed, he almost bankrupt.
1: I oh, know. <laughs> Did anybody use his
0: typewriters? His typewriter's name is Ming kuai uh, Ming is mean bright. Kwai uh, is mean fast.
1: Bright fast.
0: He made it successful in 1947, and it cost almost uh, 120,000 U.S. dollars. Whoa. That's a lot.
1: Yeah.
0: In 1946, he applied what we call Zhuang Li. Zhuang Li means the patent from uh, in America. And in 1952, he got it. In order to develop the typewriter, he got up very early and sleep very late. Uh-huh. He focused on it. He paid much more attention on it. The cost, the real cost, is much more than he gets. So he bought a lot of money. Yeah. But finally, he
1: So did he sell any typewriters?
0: Actually not. During that time, because that's a very unpeaceful time in 1947, because China and Japan had a war. Mm-hmm. So and the expense is very high. So there is no big number of the products made at that time.
1: So it was a failure in the end?
0: Yeah, to commercial, that's a failure. Mm -hmm. But for himself, I think, because at least he made it successfully, he can use it uh, by himself, and also he can introduce to his friends and his daughters.
1: So they used it, at least?
0: Yeah, they used it. And the bright and fast typewriter, 9 inches high, 14 inches wide. The light is 18 inches. It has 64 keynotes. Uh, You can tap 50 characters in a minute.
1: And this is what I want to say about all religions, and about Buddhism in particular. If religion means otherworldliness, I reject it. If religion means that we must run away from this present, sentient life and escape from it as fast as possible, like a rat abandoning a sinking ship, I am against it. One ought to, I think, with Chinese common sense, come to live with the world and make terms with it, bravely, in the sense of acceptance, of the grace of living as the Shan believers do. And I feel strongly that so long as religion, any religion, clings to an otherworldliness, this tendency to deny and escape from the sentient life which God has given us so abundantly, we will, by doing so, by just so much prevent religion, any religion, from being in touch with the modern man's consciousness. We shall be, in a true sense, ungrateful children of God, not even worthy cousins of the Shan believers." If I had to make a choice between a runaway from the world spiritualism, including mortification of the flesh, and a stark heathen materialism, or if I had to make a choice between contemplating sin exclusively in some dark cavernous corner of my soul, and eating bananas with a half-naked girl in Tahiti, entirely unconscious of sin, I would choose the latter. What I think and feel personally is unimportant, but if this is what many modern men feel, it is important for the religionist to think about. Quote, the earth is bounteous and the fruit thereof, said St. Paul. As we record this, it's a special day. It's an anniversary of something that happened in Beijing some years ago. And it's so sensitive, we can't say the date, we can't say where it happened, but hopefully... People couldn't figure it out. But it, it was a big mess. A lot of people were hurt and killed. Explain to people how that the date that is today, you can't put it on the, the Chinese Internet.
0: People in my generation and after my generation, people never heard about it. We can't find anything about it. On books, on Internet, even the words, such as the date... What day is it today? It is the day after June 3rd and before June
1: 5th. Yes. So if your birthday is on this day, you can't really write it on the Chinese internet because it will disappear or you might get in trouble or flagged.
0: Yeah. The internet just to put this word on Tiananmen Square. It's, It's a very sensitive word. If you put it on internet, it's Quickly lost.
1: You never knew about it until, how old were you?
0: Twenty, twenty-one, or 22.
1: And, and to explain to people, this would be like if a 20-something-year-old today never had heard of September 11th.
0: Yeah, yeah, right,
1: right, like, right. It's that well concealed from the public discourse, because the government c- controls all the media, uh-huh. all the TV and the movies and things.
0: I think the saddest part is if the people forget it. And the people, like my generation and younger than my generation, people don't want to learn about it. Even though you tell them what happened, people just, who cares?
1: How did you find uh, out?
0: <laughs> Me? One night we play mahjong. Somebody just to talk about it. So you told us have the video and you give it to us. Sneaky. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Toto <laughs> mama. Oh
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. I then bring to my dorm and some days later I I watched it. I got shocked. It almost changed my life.
1: I can't imagine what you must have felt. If my government and my government has done bad things, I would want to know.
0: I'm very glad to that I know that.
1: I'm sure at first you didn't want to believe it, right? Yeah. Well, especially from our Christian experience, it's probably a good lesson about not having idols other than God. And I I think we all, even I probably still make idols out of things, not meaning to, but, you, you know, just human nature. Anything that's a distraction from God. And I think a lot of people, even in the United States, people put their faith in the government. That's their... I- Idol or their political party or their yeah. money, I mean sex, all all that stuff It's all a distraction and uh, we put a lot of faith into it and that, that's why we don't want to believe that the things yeah. that we worship are flawed or sometimes evil
0: Yeah, a few days ago, I attend an activity by a Canadian with two Canadians and uh, another Taiwanese, the Canadian just shared a little about it. On that day, her boyfriend brought her to Beijing attending Mm -hmm. activity on May. Her boyfriend just think it will be
1: cool. This is in in 1989?
0: Right. They spent some day over there, just got back.
1: They were there for the original event.
0: Right, right,
1: yeah. Wow. I'm amazed they escaped. Yeah. Because I know that the government tracked a lot of them down, imprisoned yes, them. Yes,
0: the impressive part they talk about how visit China in 1989, and after that she visit uh, in 1992, and then she came to Shanghai uh, 2005. So she got through how big changes China got
1: through. One more interesting thing. Do you know about the Taylor Swift t-shirt that's banned in China?
0: No. No. Hold on, please. Uh, No. Can you tell me about
1: it? Was that the police?
0: Uh, No. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So she has an album out. It's called 1989.
0: Uh, Yeah. I know that album.
1: Right. And it's the year she was born. And I think if you look at the cover, it just has the word TS1989. Well, so if you go to the concert, or maybe you can buy it on the internet.
0: I attended her concert in Shanghai. Wow. Yeah, about a 1989 album.
1: Okay. Well, anyway, you, you could buy shirts that have the picture of the album, and it says TS1989. Well, apparently the Chinese government misunderstood what it was mm-hmm. saying, and thought that the TS stood for Tiananmen Square, 1989, of course, being the year uh-huh. that happened. So those shirts are banned in China. Oh, wow. Because they thought it was about the, the bad incident.
0: <laughs>
1: <Wow>. <laughs> and in closing, I'd like to read a poem Peter wrote not long after he would learned about the Tiananmen Square Massacre written from the point of view of a soldier sent to crush the student rebellion only to end up joining his countrymen's ranks which actually happened for several individuals on those fateful days it's called a letter from heaven dear mother if i can't see you until forever please don't cry for me forgive me that i can't grow old with you it doesn't matter if you're proud of me or not i know pride is meaningless to us now you just want your son back and there's nothing i can do when i stood in front of the murderers i couldn't walk away and this I learned from you. I know you were devastated to see me go, and I wish I didn't have to leave you a childless mother. Even though you made my body when I stood in front of those who would destroy it, I couldn't walk away, because I love you and the land under our feet. Dear Mother, please know that from heaven I can so much better now watch over you and the land under your feet. In the Corner, Back by the Woodpile podcast is produced by a closet, a pocket, and a suitcase. You can email us at spuncounterguy at hotmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram using the name Spuncounterguy. Be sure to download the new Podbean app to hear this podcast and others on your tablet and smartphone. And we are now on iTunes. Just do a search for Back by the Woodpile on the iTunes store and we should pop up. And a special thanks to Brofisticate.com.